Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Emily Sander, who is a C-suite executive and founder of Next Level Coaching. Emily, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Ooh, yeah. Let's see. I'm from Seattle and I live in Florida now, but I'm just back in Seattle visiting family. Um, And for fun, I'm into fitness. So I like to get my workout in at the gym. Uh, Walking outside is is nice, easier in Florida than Seattle. And I just started swimming. So we'll see how how that goes. That's fitnessy. And then I also like movies. So I just recently watched uh, Top Gun 2 and Doctor Strange 2. So those were those were good ones to see back in theaters and just love a good story and good storytelling and, and characters and everything like that. So so fitness and movies, those are that's what I do for fun. There we go. Fitness and movies. I love it. That honestly is enough to fill your plate. <laughs> well, tell us about so it says you're a C-suite executive and you're a founder of Next Level Coaching. So tell us a bit about both of those. Sure. So I spent 15 plus years in the business world and various roles there, leading teams and scaling teams globally. And I'm currently a chief of staff um, at a digital marketing firm. And then I'm also uh, an executive coach. So an ICF certified executive coach. I am privileged and blessed to work with business leaders from all around the world um, on different aspects of, of their leadership. Um, and so that's where that's where that comes in. Gotcha. And where, where do you see the uh, number one problem or thing that needs to be solved when people come to you for executive coaching? That is a large question, but I'll answer it in a, in a few ways. So a lot of people come to me with um, like one specific issue, let's say interpersonal communication, communication, you know, you're having to communicate with your team, with vendors, with clients, et cetera. So how do I improve that? And then that'll usually expand or maybe go in a different direction uh, during the course of the engagement. Sometimes it's very specific, like, hey, Emily, I have an interview next Tuesday at three. Can you help me prep for it? And that's kind of more finite and and concrete, the scope of that. And then um, something like communication or, hey, I want to go from an operational person to more of a strategic thinker or strategic leader. How do I do that? Are some of my longer engagements. Um, the longest engagement I had, I've had is with a client for three plus years now. And she has gone from a senior manager all the way to a VP level. And so working with her throughout her career advancement and transitions into new roles and actually a new company and getting her from like, I'm a doer to I'm a leader. And that involves, you know, all sorts of, um, you know, mindset shifts, communication pieces, um, where she spends her time, time management, all of those aspects, interpersonal uh, kind of personnel issues and things like that. So I love helping leaders with that type of thing. And um, if it is just a one-off engagement for, hey, I have, you know, a week to prep for this. Can you give me a crash course? Uh, Then I do that as well. There we go. That sounds awesome and like a fun time. So 
how long have you been doing next level coaching and what um, made you want to do it? Yeah. So I've officially been a coach for about four or five years now. And I always say I was coaching before I knew what a coach was. <laughs> so as a leader of a team, you bring uh, several elements of coaching into that. And so I was working with my team members or my colleagues, or sometimes even managing up to my boss using coaching aspects. And then once I found out like, Hey, coaching is a thing and um, got the proper training for it, that just accelerated that, that side of it. But um, yeah, I would say I've officially been a coach for five years and then I've been coaching for, you know, probably a decade plus uh, on, on some of the roles I've had. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I feel you on that one. I am not even like a officially trained certified coach or anything. And I have lifestyle and passion coach in my LinkedIn. And that's what I like to call myself because man, I really love helping people do exactly what I'm trying to do with you on this podcast. Like identify dreams and goals, meet the person who's going to take you to the next level. And, um, just grind it out and go after it and really make a bet on yourself. I love selling people on themselves. I think it's the best thing to sell. So yeah. <laughs> that's what I love. But I'm right there with you on the been doing it your whole life, even though my life has been a short one. <laughs> <laughs> a short but important one. Yes. A short but an impactful one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, awesome. Let's go ahead and jump into your motivation. What gets you up and keeps you going every day? Mm. Um. You know, I love coaching. It's my passion. It's, it's my calling. I feel like that's where I'm in flow. So you talk about flow state and things just like go smoothly. And, um, you know, I feel that ties into my larger vision of, of purpose and fulfillment, which is, you know, I believe that we need to put good into the world. So there's, you know, hundred thousand different ways to do that. Right. But I believe our job is to put a little bit of good in the world, um, and help each other out. And so coaching is my small way of, of doing that. And I think if everyone found their area of strength or what you know lights them on fire and what they're passionate about and went after it, like you were saying, if everyone in the world was doing that, the world would just be a better place. And if people were um, having a servant attitude and a servant mentality, servant leadership, and how can I help someone out that the world would just be a better place. So coaching is my sliver uh, and, and my, my sliver of, of doing that in the universe. So that's, that's what motivates me. I love when I wake up in the morning and I'm excited and enthusiastic about what I have on the agenda for that day. And I love going to sleep and saying, oh, like I made a difference in my small way. I made a meaningful impact and a positive impact on my clients or the people that I was working with. So that's, that's, uh, motivating to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Making a positive ad impact on the people you're working with, putting good into the world. And all that does happen with coaching. So I love that. Well, let's go ahead and jump into your dreams and goals. The main event. Tell us about your vision for your life and your company going forward. Yeah. So I definitely, you know, want to move into coaching full time and I'm building my building my way up to be able to do that. Um, and I think I've been doing that on the side and, um, building things up as I have free time, but there comes a point, a tipping point where you got to go all in chips, all in, as they say, uh, and jump in with both feet. And, you know, that comes with it, um, excitement and exhilaration and also a bit of, you know, I'm terrified. <laughs> yep. Um, so you gotta take that, that gut load of risk at some point, but that's my dream. 
Um, and I'm going to make that happen here. Actually, I'm transitioning into that now in the next few weeks and months. So that's, that's exciting. And just being able to do it. And one, I think, irrespective of the result, so if it goes well or not, just being the kind of the person who does that and says, hey, I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to bet on myself and take a risk on myself and give it all I have and burn the boats, go all in. I think that in itself is key and is going to help me um, define myself as a person and help me as a coach. Um, and it's one of those uh, things that I really want to do. I feel like I have myself set up for success and that it can be a successful uh, venture at the end, meaning the business will do well and be successful and viable to support me. Um, but uh, that's that's my dream. And I think people's definition of success is different for each person. And my definition of success is being able to add value in the way that I want. And so you can add value in whatever you're doing. If you have a job you don't particularly um, care for, you can still add value in that job. But success to me is being able to add value in the way that you want. And uh, coaching, as we talked about, is my way. So um, that's that's my big dream on the horizon. There we go. And it's happening within the next few weeks, few months. So like, do you have mm -hmm. on that or? Yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, making sure that I leave people in a good spot and um, I tie up all the loose ends and transition everything well, but uh, it's, it's in motion now and um, everyone's in favor of it and super supportive. So uh, it's happening and it's going to be interesting when uh, I wake up and I'm like, Oh, what do I do today? It's up to me. I'm my own boss and I have to structure it and do all those things myself. So uh, yeah, very near horizon. That's fantastic. So what does success look like for you as a full-time coach, like what does your day look like? If you are comfortable sharing income with us, what does your income look like? Let us know. Yeah, I mean, I think being your own boss and being a solopreneur, you have to structure, you have to set up the structure that's gonna work best for you. And so in my mind, there's probably two big buckets and maybe some sub buckets within those. The two big buckets are coaching itself. So a coaching session. Um, with the client. And then the other bucket is the business aspects so or working on the business of coaching. So I think um, within the first one, obviously, if I'm in session with a client, just being 100% present for them, uh, making sure all of my energy and attention and focus is on their goal for the session, and then their overall goal for the engagement. And then I think a sub part of that is making sure I'm always upping my game as a coach. So how am I becoming a better coach? And whether that's, you know, uh, workshops or webinars or different programs that I'm doing to enhance myself um, for the art or the craft of coaching, that kind of falls into the first bucket. And then the second one, as you well know, is huge. You know, there's um, just all the admin pieces that you have to go through um, and, uh, you know, working on my website and signing up for podcasts like this one and getting out on Sales, social media, marketing. <laughs> yeah, marketing, all of those things, basically getting the message, the message out there. So that's kind of how I see breaking it up and how that falls into exact, you know, what I do on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and in the mornings or afternoon, I'm, uh, honestly not sure, but I think, um, you know, for me and other roles, it's been, I have natural energy at certain times of the day or certain points in the week. So figuring that out, um, I think everyone has a natural kind of clock they work best on. So I work with my clients on finding their, uh, their green zone, which is where they just, you know, our best mine is in the mid morning to early afternoon. So if I have a choice, sometimes you don't, but if I have a choice, I'll pick kind of a, a special project to put in that time block because I'm at my best. 
Um, so I'll work, I'll work with that uh, within my new calendar, a new, a new structure to set it up. There we go. There we go. I love it. And so we got the coaching side and then you got kind of the business aspect, which kind of boils down to sales, marketing, admin stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of coaches, a lot of people, a lot of solopreneurs, a lot of business owners, every business, basically, when it comes down to it, it's like, you got to get the leads and make the sales. So are you like confident in your plan to do that going forward? Or is that somewhere it's like, that's kind of the leap too? Um, no, I mean, so working for a digital marketing agency, um, I was on, I was in the background of that, uh, but I know enough to be dangerous. So, oh. um, you know, for me, what the mentality that I have to take to be most successful is in the sales and marketing, you're actually overlapping those two buckets or if it's a Venn diagram overlapping. So when I'm on an intro call, which I do offer people like a complimentary um, 30 minute intro call just to get to know each other. At the beginning, I used to put a whole bunch of pressure on myself, like, oh my God, like my heart would beat and um, this is like make it or break it and you have to make your number and this could you know, be a client or not a new client. And now I honestly just see it as um, a coaching session. Uh, just yep. let me get to know this person. Let me apply some coaching if there's an opportunity. Let me just ask questions. They're going to ask about me and my coaching style, which is absolutely you know, valid and understandable. And it's just a conversation. So um, I think approaching it like that, I've, I've had a lot of success with that. It makes my life a lot easier. It just makes me calmer <laughs> yeah. going into, into, into each one of those. And um, I can tell, you know, just from people's faces and voices that they get more out of that time with me. So um, that's how I've done it. But yeah, it, there's, you know, web leads that come in. Um, I've just gotten business accounts on social. So LinkedIn and Twitter, um, and those are rocking and rolling. And then honestly, the biggest thing is um, I'm on podcasts. I have a book out. So things come in from there. Um, honestly, my biggest one is referrals, which, uh, which is the greatest kind anyway, because they, they've heard it from someone they trust. Um, and so they're getting kind of a shoe in. So uh, that's my biggest one for now, which is exactly how I would, how I want it. Um, and then the other channels are, are building up slowly. You know, sometimes the social, we just got that going this year. So it takes time just to get traction on it, but um, send all of those nets and all of those channels out there and then stuff will start trickling and then roaring back in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm right there with you. And before I move on to any other dreams or goals that you have, is this something you're looking to scale where it's like employees, hire other coaches, really build it big and then eventually exit on a sale one day? Or are you trying to just kind of uh, have it maintain your lifestyle and kind of keep it right there? Yeah, I mean, for uh, the back half of 2022, it's just to maintain lifestyle and get uh, get clients that um, that are my in my target group. And then, yeah, I've done the three year and five year roadmap and stretch goals and things like that. And it does involve building passive income streams. And um, I have free downloadable content on my site now, which are fantastic and I love doing. And then eventually that'll grow and expand into you know online courses and signature programs and things like this. So um, I also just heard, I was listening to a podcast and I have a, I have a book out now, but I heard about this concept called a shook. Which is, which is a short book. And so it's a hundred pages or less and it's just an ebook. And this person was talking about how you can build those up um, and I have blogs and such. And he's like, you can combine, you know, six months or a year's worth of blogs and just do the takeaways. You can take a topic that you know a lot about and just like expand. So it's not quite a full length book but it's not quite just a, 
a blog article. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I, I think shooks are in my future at some point, um, but certainly building up passive income streams is probably uh, phase two. And then phase three and four would be bringing on different coaches and um, building that ecosystem out as well. There we go. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Well, are there any other dreams or goals that you want to talk about? Ooh, that's the big one on my mind, to be honest. Uh, just getting the business up and running and launched has is, is been uh, a lot of my time and energy. Of course, there's just being the type of person you want to be. I think that deserves a shout out um, to anyone listening. Take an inventory of, you know, sure, what are your career goals and, and what are your dreams there? But also, what type of, what type of person do you want to be? Um, and so I want to be, uh, you know, making a, a meaningful impact to my family um, and my friends and just being a person of integrity and being a person of service and contributing. We, we, we live in a, we live in a kind of a me centric world at, at some times where like, what, what is it for me? And what can I get out of this? And if I give you this, what will you give me? And, you know, that's, that's part of life to some extent, but I think there's also a grounding and an anchoring and, Hey, I know who I am. I know who I'm about. Um, the universal law is that you get what you give away. And so I think um, reminding myself of that and keeping myself grounded in that, especially as I go into this new venture where, to be honest, it's real easy to get sucked into like, here's, you know, the funnels and here's how you make a million dollars in 12 months. And here's how you go after all these things. Um, yes, I want to be successful. And yes, that includes financial success, but I'm not going to do it at the cost of, you know, who I am as a person and forfeiting, um, you know, what that's about. So I think my dream is to career-wise build this business and go after it. I'm going to go after it hard. And then equally, if not more importantly, is maintaining or retaining the person that I am while I'm doing that. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. Um, holding integrity and service as a priority and getting out of that me-centric, like letting go of the ego, all that stuff is so good. And it's, it's really hard to do actually, as you get into entrepreneurship, yeah. Yeah. because there are ways to like make money that you learn where it's mm -hmm. like, wow, you know, I, I could actually do that and it would accelerate things, but it, yeah. I would lose a part of me. And so I think it's important that, and good that you are holding that as a priority. An example that is popping into my head is like with the coaching services. So I've been trying to build out coaching thing for this podcast to be like the back end business of the podcast for, I don't know, like six months now. Yeah. And I started really high ticket and it bugged me because the person I wanted to target couldn't afford a high ticket thing. And so mm -hmm. I was like, so am I just going to target somebody else and then charge them high ticket so I can make my six figures a year, like sooner. And I tried it. I tried it. I started doing the prospecting and it just, it was killing me. I was like, okay, I can't do this. I, I'd rather um, make 5,000 a month and serve and impact who I want to serve and impact than make 50,000 a month and kind of serve and impact somebody who my heart doesn't like, mm, yeah. for, you know? And so that was a, it was something that good I- Good for you. Yeah, no, good for you. It'll come back in your favor. Believe me. Yeah. So- <laughs> So. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Plus, um, there are not everything has to be high ticket for you to um, mm. be wealthy. Like Facebook makes two dollars and fifty cents off of each of us, and Facebook is a big company. <laughs> <laughs> they do all right. They do all right. <laughs> awesome. So we got moving into coaching full time. 
and making a meaningful impact to family and friends, holding integrity and service as a priority in your life. Are there any other things you want to talk about before we jump, jump ahead? Ooh, those are the big ones. Honestly, I think, thanks for that replay. You actually captured and summarized what I said very (laughs) better than I said it. So thank you. (laughs) Of course, of course. All right. So next question is if there were one or two people that you could meet in this world, and this could be a type of person or a specific person, and they would help you take the next step towards your highest priority dreams and goals. So coaching full time and making that impact that you want to make, who would they be and how would they do it? And I want you to keep in mind this Relationships should be more like a friendship or a business partnership than a Oprah Winfrey. It can be an okay. Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> but um, we want to be able to actually make the connection. I want you to be able to call this person tomorrow and be like, let's do this thing. Mm, okay. Got it. The person who springs to mind is Greg McEwen, the author of the book Essentialism. And that is one of my all time favorite books. Um, and it's one of my uh Uh, ones I recommend to business leaders. And um, he actually has a new one out that I haven't read yet, but I really want to, but essentialism is the one that just, I read it. And as I was reading it, I was like, this is blowing my mind. And after I got done, I was like, this is a book that I will come back to over and over again. Um, And so, you know, one of his big concepts, if people aren't familiar, is uh, where you spend your time and energy. And there's this famous graph he has, which is a circle. And then he has 12 arrows going out of the circle um, in different directions. And the 12 arrows are the different things that you're spending your time and energy on. And they only go so far. And then he says, if you spend, if you pick one thing and spend your energy on that, you will go this far. And it has a one big arrow going uh, um, a lot longer than the different 12. And so, and there's a whole bunch more in that book. It's, it's a lot more than time management, but it's a philosophy and kind of an ethos and how you approach uh, the world and approach your tasks. But I would love to have him on, on speed dial or, you know, phone a friend <laughs> um, number. I think he would be a great resource just to be a good soundboard for ideas and also um, launching businesses. And um, he's obviously done well for himself, but not, um, not uh, in an overly kind of gregarious salesy type of way. He's just, here's how here's some frameworks that you can use to set yourself up well. And I think that's huge anytime, but especially as you're launching a new business, what are the frameworks and what are the blueprints that I need to apply in different ways to get to where I need to go? So Greg McEwen for sure. Yeah, there we go. And what is the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you accomplish your goals? Not them accomplish their goals, but you accomplish your goals. Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, usually it's the other way, uh, uh, other way around. How can I, I help them? A lot, to- a lot of times people answer it like it's the other way around. And then I'm like, I'll just let it. I'll just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me think about this so I can answer it the right way. Um, honestly, what's coming to mind is investing in themselves. And I know that sounds like woo-woo-y, but I think if everyone invested in themselves, um, the, the world will be a better place. And then if they run into me, it'll benefit me. And obviously, you know, one slice in there is coaching and I advocate coaching to everyone. Um, I'd be thrilled and it'd be fantastic if you wanted to reach out to me and see how we could work together. But if, you know, just coaching in general, I would, I would highly encourage people to get a coach, great resource, great experience. Um, and then read, listen to podcasts, learn, you should learn something new every single day and you should get, you know, a tiny bit better every single day. So investing in yourself. Um, I have a book, you've got stuff on uh, your end. So just take all that knowledge and get yourself to be a little bit better. I um, do this myself, of course, 
I have a team of coaches that I work with and I read all the time and listen to podcasts all the time. And just to get it off of my list, so to speak, every day, I have uh, Miriam Webster's word of the day email come to me. So literally it's one of the first emails I get when I check my iPhone. I'm like, all right, I've already learned something new each day. And that kind of cascades into larger things throughout the day. But that's just a reminder of, you know, learn and grow and improve and work on yourself and invest in yourself. Um, that's, that's what I would say to, to anyone. And I think you can invest your time and your energy and your money into a lot of things. And some people are hesitant to spend money on themselves. Like, Hey, that's pretty selfish of me to do that for myself, take a weekend course or whatnot. I'm like, no, 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 no. That is the best thing you can do. And it'll reap dividends for you and the people around you. Um, if you continually do that. So invest in yourself would be what you can do for me. I love it. And you know, when I, even after I clarify the question, a lot of times that's still the answer. So usually yeah. when people answer it the other way, it still works out. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, no, I love that. And a little side note, you said a lot of people see it as selfish to um, invest in themselves or like buy a course or whatever it may be. It's actually selfish not to yeah. because you're not living up to your best potential and that then cripples your ability to help serve and impact the people around you. So yeah. um, go spend that For money sure. on that course that you need. For sure. Yeah. And I, I equate it to like self-care. People go, oh, self-care. That's so soft. I'm like, mm, no, like understand <laughs> that your decisions are better. Your interactions with other people are better. You just become a better person when you are rested and, and set yourself and set yourself up in good positions. So um, everyone's like, what's this hack and what can I add? And what little app can I add on my phone to be more productive? And I'm honestly like, you know what, if you slept for half an hour more or an hour more, you're probably going to be a better person the next day. <laughs> Um, I heard this, I'm, I'm into fitness as we talked about, and I heard this podcast and they were like, if I told you about a supplement that could, you know, boost your mental capacity and boost your, you know, gains at the gym and boost your metabolism and boost your, all this stuff. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? And they're like, it's sleep. And they just stopped. And I was like, oh my gosh, if sleep was a supplement, everyone would be taking it. Everyone would be taking it because oh, yeah. um, it just makes you better. So that's always how I think of sleep and self-care. Like, yeah, if that was a supplement and you could market it, everyone would be buying it. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. No, I'm right there with you. Sleep, it's, um, there's this study, like when daylight savings times happens, and I think once a year we like lose an hour. Yeah. Um, I think car accidents go up by like 30%. Heart attacks yeah. go up by like 30% that day where it's like, honestly, we should probably cancel daylight savings time because of that. Or but something, yeah. It is what it is. Um, yeah. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And the first yeah. question is, favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Ooh. That's a hard question. Um, I'm going to go with the podcast, besides yours, of course. The of course. podcast, How Did This Get Made? Um, how did this get made is uh, it's about bad movies <laughs> and they have three hosts talking about like, how did this get made? And it's, it's, a, it's a comedy podcast. And um, I have lots of like self-help books and developmental books that I could throw out there. But honestly, sometimes you just need to like lighten the mood and make yourself laugh and give yourself perspective on all the serious and hard work and grind you're doing. And so how did this get made is my go-to like, Hey, I just need to like give myself a little bit of fun time and it just makes you laugh out loud and it makes you smile and it makes you happy um and the, there's three hosts who are hilarious 
and they just kind of take movies that um, aren't great and they break down how they're not great and how did this get made? So <laughs> that's what I would recommend. Love it. Love it. How did this get made? And what is one way you like to take care of yourself? Um, talked about self-care. So gym, walks, movies, uh, active rest. So people, uh, I don't know your audience, if they're big fitness people, but you know that if you're trying to make gains in the gym, like build muscle, you have different phases of that. So you have phases where you're trying to, um, you know, push it in the gym and go to your, you know, one, uh, max rep and, and all these things and like go hard at the gym. And then there's other phases where you actually want to take an active rest or a deload. And so that's where your body recovers and actually builds the muscle and it, and it gets you ready and primes you for the next phase where you are working hard and pushing it again. And so one way that I take care of myself is I will build those active rest periods or those deloads into my schedule or into uh, my program. And that's for fitness. And then also just for life in general. So there's a time and a place like push yourself and stretch yourself and go to failure and all these things. And then there is a time where you should maintain and intentionally and proactively take it easy, knowing that that's part of where you get your greatest gains and you set yourself up to go again. And that's how you continually improve instead of just burning all the engines, going on fumes and then burning out. Yep. Yep. I completely agree. That is a lesson I learned. I, again, I'm still a young guy. I know. <laughs> but I try to move quick in what I do. And in college, there were plenty of times where I was like, oh, I'm doing this. And I went hard at it for like three, four weeks, two months. And then either A, needed more marketing budget, longer time, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, oh, I'll make money in a month. I'll make money in two months. So it'll be fine. And I'll reinvest it. Um, and it didn't work out. <laughs> and so... Yeah. Sometimes that um, stability, like you need the stability to allow yourself to grow. You can burn through things pretty quickly. And I think there is a time for like rise and grind. Like, don't get me wrong. There's a time oh, where like sure. you need to be disciplined. You need just to get off your butt and freaking do it and start. Um, but there is a time. I, I remember my personal trainer a few years ago said, Emily, your job is to stay in the game. And I said, like, what do you mean? And he's like, if you get injured, like you can't train hard when you're injured. You have to recover and take all that time and you'll lose those weeks that you'll have to then make up. Your job is to stay in the game. So push yourself hard, but also set up periods where you let yourself recover. And that's where you, um, you know, for guys who are trying to, trying to gain, like that's where your muscles actually get bigger, like the repair and they get bigger and stronger. And then you go to your next phase. And when you lift more, when you lift more weight at the gym, it's actually an expression of, um, how strong you are and how big your muscles have gotten. So um, there's just a psychology about that. I always remember he was like, your job is to stay in the game. So your job is to push yourself, but not so far you're going to injure yourself, which takes you out of the game. And then you lose a whole bunch of time and progress. So such as, such as the gym, such as life. Such as life. Yep. There we go. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet Greg, what's his last name? McEwen? Yeah. McEwen. What's one step I can take to, to meet him? One action step you can take to meet him and Ooh. have him as a mentor, sounding board for ideas. Yeah. Um, I do mention him. I gave him a, a really big call out in my book. And, you know, maybe if I wrote a blog about him or something, and then as I get my social media up, kind of tag him and just say hi and just get on his radar. And then hopefully he'll see me over and over again. And I can, uh, and I can uh, exchange, you know, kind of information and, and go from there. But 
um, I follow him and, and hopefully I'll get well known enough, known enough and brand awareness and all these things that I might get on, on his radar and be able to reach out. You should gift him your book. Oh, that's a good one too. And say like um, here, page da, 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 is where I. But you should do it giftology style. Ooh. And that's another book. It's like two hours if you listen to it. Um, but he has a really special way that he sent a book to somebody. It might've been Gary V or Tony oh, yeah. Robbins or something like that. And got him an intro and now they like work together or they worked okay. together. That's a fantastic suggestion. I don't know why I didn't think of that, but that's, that's why we do these things. So I'm going to write that down. Absolutely. Book. Boom. <laughs> I'll request you 200 bucks for that. No, just <laughs> <laughs> that's my fee. <laughs> totally kidding. Totally kidding. <laughs> Awesome. Well, now we're going to jump into our last series of questions. And most of them are going to require some pretext. So stick with me. Okay. So a lot of people have come on the podcast and they've said that the catalyst that helps people change from having a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change to having a growth mindset, being willing to accept help and being willing to accept change. The catalyst has been a personal choice that happens after either extreme inspiration or desperation. First mm. question is, do you agree? Do you disagree? Have anything to add or subtract to that? I agree. Yep. Cool. <laughs> 100%. Like, yeah, that's just the answer. I agree. 100%. <laughs> I asked a lot of people that, and that's like the summary statement that I kind of came up with. <gasps> Um, people kind of add to it and subtract to it, but it's typically in a form of inspiration or a form of desperation. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, for me, like you can, you can, I've had moments of desperation, which I have kind of transformed and, and made into inspiration. Um, so I had like a lot of self-doubt early on and just, you know, very, very self-critical, um, just to the point of like Emily, like you're just, you know, self-flagellating and to the point of, let me change that. That's a whole bunch of energy, right. Going out to the world or into myself and let me change where that energy is going and make it positive and generative. So it's generating something positive instead of just like imploding on myself. So I think, um, I struggled with that for a long, long time. I still, um, run into it today and I, I know what it is and I, I, I know how to overcome it now, but yeah, that was a very destructive thing. And, and now it's an inspirational thing because I thought that it would always be there. And I'm talking like crippling, just like self-doubt and not being able to speak on presentations, not being able to get my message or my voice to come across in the way that I intended it. And I thought that was just um, how I was. And I always been like that. So it was, I was always going to be like that and I would have to work around it, but um, it's something now that once you see that initial toehold of progress, we're like, wait a minute, I did a tiny bit better than last time. And like, is that a one-off fluke? Like, let me try it again. Like, oh no, that's a tiny bit better than the time before. And you just keep adding up those small steps and those baby steps. And then over weeks and months and years, you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, something that worried me to death five years ago, I can do like that. I can jump on a podcast like that. I can you know, talk to anyone I need to like that. Um, and that's just something that literally, if you would have spoken to me 10, 15, 20 years ago, you would be speaking to a different person. And a lot of people, maybe not you yet, but because you're not uh, old enough, but give yourself time, you will look back. And as well as you're doing now, which is amazing, by the way, as well as you're doing now in five, 10, 15 years, you're going to look back and be like, that was 
that was child's play. Like I'm at such a higher level now and I'm able to do things that I didn't even think were possible. So I think for me, um, just that initial uh, piece of progress you can point to in the world. It's like, oh, like that is a tiny bit better than last time. If you keep building on that, that just flips, it gives yourself evidence that, oh my gosh, I have moved from a fixed mindset into a growth mindset. Maybe I can't improve. And by the way, they've done brain science on this. When you see that, and when you start to believe that, or even say that could be a possibility, maybe I don't believe it, but it's possible. Your brain will start looking for evidence to confirm that. And so all the experiences and all the events you have will go to confirming what you put out there. So instead of saying, oh, like Emily, you're uh, not a good communicator and you don't do well with people. Everything that I would experience would be confirming that. Instead, if I go, wait, I got a little bit better at that. Maybe I can get way better over time. My brain went to work and said, let me give her evidence that this is true. So I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I think um, for the longest time, I was pretty skeptical of like the law of attraction and all the woo woo stuff. But one, it's objectively true. Like wh- whether you believe it or not, like it's happening in your life. That's, that's yeah. the first thing we kind of want to establish. But two, in psychology, it's just called confirmation bias, which is exactly what you just described. It's like we look for evidence to affirm the beliefs we already have. Yep. And that's why it's always so hard to break out of those beliefs or see that you're wrong because you're only looking for stuff that says yeah. you're right. And I will just one quick thing too. Uh, I felt badly for a long time because I didn't see any progress and I was trying to improve. So one thing, if people are going through that, um, there's the analogy of like swinging a sledgehammer into a big rock and like thousand times you do it and like nothing happens. And then on the thousandth swing, the rock shatters and crumbles. And it's because each swing you did was putting a tiny little crack in that rock and you couldn't see it because it was inside of the rock, but on that final swing, it just bursts open. And so Um, I've had the experience where like, I'm trying, I'm reading all the books, like I'm doing all the things you're supposed to do and nothing is happening and it's infuriating. But if you keep going and understand that's part of the process, there will be that initial, um, there will be that eventual tipping point where you can see something and then it'll just kind of dissolve and you're like, oh, this is amazing. So I would, I would give people that note too, because that really was discouraging for me. And now I'm like, nope, I know where that, I know where I am in the process. And if you just keep going, it'll, it'll work for you. It'll work. Yep. There we go. Well, our next question is, why do you think some people make the choice to change and then others don't? Multiple answers to that. One is some people don't know that they can change. So they have a fixed mindset where it's like, oh, like this is how I am. So I'm always going to be like this. And they just are complacent and and hold still. Um, Two is they don't know how. So I want to change, but I don't know how to go about that. So again, learn, get out there, listen to books, um, read books, listen to Tim. Um, And then three, the probably the third most common one is they're scared of failing slash scared of what other people will think. So, hey, I want to change. I know how to change, but it's putting myself out there. And that's scary and unknown and uncertain. And I might fall on my face and look like a fool in front of everybody. So I'm not going to do it. Um, so I don't think those are the three big reasons that I have, have come across personally. And then that I come across multiple times in different iterations and variations with my coaching clients. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I don't know if this would change your answer, but I'm actually supposed to add after the same extreme inspiration or desperation, like you mm. give the same extreme inspiration or desperation to a person 
and some will change, some won't. Why is that? I don't know if it'll change your answer, but I figured I'd correct. Um, I think if, you know, the pain is big enough where it's like, okay, it, pro it propels you to change, certainly. So if you have a huge event that like, this is so painful that I'm, I'm going to change or something is so inspirational. So it might, it might change my answer a little bit. It would be the degree to which uh, something is desperate or something is inspirational. It have to be, you know, humans like homeostasis and we like things to be the same. We do not like things to be uncertain. We don't like things to be unknown. So for us to take that leap, it has to be a really big, uh, a really big event in either direction. So pain or pleasure, you actually have to be running from it or going towards something. Um, it has to be a big thing for you. But again, as we've kind of hinted at and talked about in this podcast, um, putting yourself out there, making incremental steps. One of my favorite mottos that my dad used to say to me is small wins add up faster than you think. And so if you just take those baby steps and put things in play day in and day out, they will, they will add up. So I would encourage anyone, small wins add up faster than you think. So start today. There we go. There we go. And so kind of speaking of that, uh, the, the degree to how inspiring or how I can't think desperate. of the word for it. Yeah, how desperate the situation makes you. I was about to say dispiriting, but I was like, no, that, that ain't it. <laughs> um, going along that line of thought, some people need a small amount of desperation or inspiration to change, and others need a larger, more consistent amount. What do you think establishes that breaking point, that threshold for people? And can it be influenced by Ooh. other people, by outside things? Those are good questions. What comes to mind is nature versus nurture or nature and nurture, they work together. So I do believe that some people just have a makeup where you know, they're more uh, of a risk taker or they're more risk averse. And I think there's something like in that, but a whole bunch is the environment that you grew up in and the parents and friends and you know, teachers that influence you, especially at a young age uh, to, to make you. So if, for instance, um, if you're in an environment where you're going to go out on a limb and try something new that no one in your family or your circle of friends has ever done. And that group is going to be like, no, like, how can you do that? Like, that's a horrible idea. You're going to fall on your face. Well, that's probably going to detract some people from doing that. Whereas if you had family and friends who are like, yes, like, you know, no one has gone to college, but you know, you're going to be the first one and you're going to break barriers and you're going to, you know, go out in the world and, and make something of yourself. Well, of course that's going to have um, a different impact on someone. So I think, um, to me, there is a nature and a nurture piece. And I don't know the percentage breakdown of those. I think it's different for everyone, but certainly there's an element of what environment that you're in. And we can't choose that when we're kids, but we can choose that when we're adults or even young adults. So I would, you know, anyone who's listening, take inventory of who you have around you and what environments are you spending your time in? And basically um, what, are, what information are you feeding into your brain every day? And that can be from you know, social media, news, what you consume, what you watch, what you listen to, who you hang around, because um, those, will, those will have a huge impact on what it takes for you to change for, for the better. I feel that. I feel that. I'm not a scientist, guys. I, I do have my- <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but uh, that's what I- <laughs> I do have my thing. bachelor in psychology, so take that for what nice. it means. <laughs> um, but- Nature versus nurture. I think that's a great answer. I'm going to go 99% nurture though. Sorry. Yeah. I don't like chalking stuff up to nature. I think you can change. So yeah. Uh, go there's, yeah. There's like a huge, like, I mean, not to keep going back to bodybuilding because I'm not a bodybuilder. I just, I love fitness and I love learning about it, but they say like people who go, Oh, I can't get to the next level of bodybuilding because of my genetics is total 
BS. So they say like, you can overcome. I mean, like, bless, yes, there's like your muscle structure and like your insertion points and all this stuff, but they're like, that's BS. If you really, really want it, then you go after it and you work hard and bring up your weaknesses, et cetera. But yeah. So I think there, there is something to be considered with like what you're given and how you're made up. But then a lot of it is, you know, the environment you're in, the environment you put yourself in and where you want to go. There we go. And our last question for you in Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about the four laws of changing your behavior. And his laws are to make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, make it satisfying. With that context in mind, how can we create an environment that makes it obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying for people to make the choice that will change their life? Whew. These are good questions. Um, first of all, uh, you're going to have to remind me of the four things that we go along, but the first one, I would get clarity on your goal. So you can't set up a process, uh, towards something if you don't know where you're trying to go. And it's like akin to putting, if you're climbing up a wall and putting a ladder up, if you put it on the wrong wall, then you're going to be like, Oh, I made it to the top. And now I'm in the wrong spot. So I would get clarity and whether that's, um, journaling or talking to a friend or a mentor or a coach, getting clear on your goals and where you want to go. And that can be a general direction. It doesn't have to be like, I want to be a senior vice president for this company in five years. It can be a general direction. And then what was the second one? Make it easy. Uh, make it attractive. Make it attractive. Okay. So I would say, why do you want to go after that? So if you say, oh, success to me is this amount of money. Okay. What makes that important to you? Or success for me is freedom in my schedule. Okay. What about that is important? So you can articulate that to yourself and to other people. Um, and basically what is the meaning behind that? And the, one of the things that I catch in coaching sometimes is people will say, I want this goal. And they sound a little bit odd when they say it. And I go, whose voice is that telling you, you want that? And they go, oh, my parents or society or my friends. So know the direction you're going in step one, and then know why it's important and meaningful to you. And then what's step three, does that make it easy? Yes. Okay. So this is where like your process and the structure you build comes into play. So um, I'm trying to think like an easy example is like, oh, if you want to become a runner or walk more, something you can do that's easy is go set out your running shoes and go set out your like workout clothes by the door or wherever you keep them. So you just make it that much easier to get up in the morning and go for a walk or get up in the morning and go to the gym. So set up your process and set up your structure and day. So it's easy to accomplish those process goals um, that will lead up to your overall goal. And then what's the, what's the third one, fourth one? Satisfying. Satisfying. So I would say uh, when you hit certain milestones within your process goals. And so like, let's say you have like a long-term goal, five years, you can't wait for the five years. You're going to have to give yourself little um, milestone in there and celebrate. So, Hey, when I hit this first milestone, what am I going to do to celebrate? And that can be like taking myself out for a nice dinner, or I'm going to buy myself like a nice top or whatever. Um, or I'm going to do a little week long weekend getaway to, to this place that I've always wanted to go. I would set those little celebrations, uh, for your process wins within that. So it's, it's satisfying that, um, you're accomplishing these things and you don't get sucked into just the, let me put my blinders on and nose to the grindstone and not to the light of day for five years. Let me say, no, I'm going after what I want and I'm making progress on it. And that's, and that's satisfying. And then I'm going to throw in some celebratory moments as well. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I love that. And so those are things that people like can do to make the 
choice easier in their life or easier, obvious, satisfying, attractive. Um, but how can we, as like that person's friend, that person's sister, brother, parent, spouse, mm -hmm. create an environment that makes those things possible? Does that make sense? I think so. So if I'm a friend and someone's going after a goal, how do I make those things obvious and, and easy? Yeah, because, you know, some environments can add to you deciding to make the change. And then yeah. some environments can take away from you deciding to make the change. How do we create that environment that adds to them making the change in their life? Yeah, I mean, that's I how mean, I can ask the question. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, maybe I totally went off on a tangent. That wasn't, that wasn't the right one. Um, but to me, I mean, not to get super philosophical, but to me, the definition of love is willing the good of another as other and doing something about it. So I'll break that down. So, you know, willing the good of another, that's pretty obvious, right? I want what's good for you as other though. So like, I'm not trying to make you like me. I'm not trying to make you something you're not. I'm whatever you want to be is fine. And then doing something about it. So not just having happy thoughts in my head, that's great. And we all should do that, but then doing something about it. So maybe verbalizing encouragement or, you know, like, let me drive you to the class or let me, um, you know, pick you up when you're down, or if you need an accountability partner or anything like this, putting those things out into the world in action. So um, that would be my definition. Just, you know, be there for someone and, and, and be supportive. Love them. I love nice. it. Nice. There we go. We can go with that. We can go with that version. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Well, awesome. Emily, do you have anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Oh, we've covered a lot. This was a really good podcast. Yeah, I get all sorts of questions being on different podcasts, but these were really good ones. They were they were thoughtful and not just like short little clipped answers. So I thought we uh, or clipped questions. I thought we had covered a lot of ground. What else do I want to get out there? Um, I think you can change. So we all have a growth mindset. So whether you think you do or not, you do. Um, and so you can change your life for the positive. And I would encourage you to, to hold on to that belief and take action on it. And um, I think just, you know, we're all going through this world. We all have challenges. We all stumble and fall. So just help each other out. I mean, that's, that's what we're here for. And so as you go off throughout your day, um, I wake up and say, you know, what's my assignment day? Um, you know, what, what that could be opening a door for someone that could be giving someone a smile, or it could be something big where it's like, oh my gosh, something happened with my friend, here's my chance to step up. This is my assignment for the day. So I would just go out and actively look for those opportunities and people's lives will change and your life will change for the better. So just help each other out. There we go. Well, awesome. Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Emily had to say, make sure to check her out. She has a book that she has written. So you can buy that book. You can share that. Also refer coaching clients to her. Also be a coaching client for her if that's something you're interested in. As we always ask, shoot this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Give us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.